Have you ever wondered what it takes to be a great boss? Well, you're not alone, and I'm here to help you find the answers. I'm Talmar Anderson, and welcome to Rock Your Bossitude. On this podcast, we will be diving headfirst into the people side of business, because I firmly believe that's where the magic happens. Each episode will feature candid interviews with fellow bosses who've gone from small business owners to thriving CEOs. Plus, I'll share actionable training to help you rock your own journey. Whether it's your first hire or you simply want to enhance your own boss skills, Rock Your Bossitude can act as your trusted compass. So are you ready to rock your bossitude? Yeah, you are. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Rock Your Bossitude. This is Talmar Anderson, your host, and I am so excited for you to meet our guest today, Kat Stancic, another badass that I am fortunate enough to know. How are you, Kat? Oh, amazing. Always better with your energy. <laughs> You're so nice. I appreciate that. I can't wait to hear your stories, but if you'll give me just one second, I'd love to read your bio so that everybody really understands what you are bringing to the table for them. Is that okay? Awesome. Yeah. Excellent. So Kat works with expert service providers who are ready to unapologetically get visible and confidently show the world what they offer. Bottom line, if you're ready to create or expand your quality community of ideal leads who want to hear from you, Kat's here to help you generate more sales by leveraging firework experiences to attract your ideal clients in one place and engage them in conversations that convert. And you know, I'm a big fan. I, I'm working with you, Kat, and I love your firework experience. It's been a game changer for us and how we engage new people and leads. So uh, you, if somebody has questions about how to do that, I can't uh, recommend you enough. Honestly. Yeah. Well, wait till you hear. I mean, I, I just announced it. I've got evergreen ones that we oh, just really? created. Um, and so I know I already have ideas for you in terms of what you've got to talk. Um, yeah, but you know, it, it, it was interesting because the, the evergreen ones came about because what I re what I realized was I also attract introverts as well as extroverts. Um, yeah. And sometimes it's harder to do some of the strategies that require some extroversion, um, yeah. you know, and kind of stepping into something that doesn't always feel very empowering. Whereas you and I know we're good, you know, extroverting. Yeah. <laughs> We can turn that switch on. Right, right. But it's really it. about having the different kinds of strategies that meet people where they're at, which I think is just uh, everything that you do too with your clients and your community is, you know, and everything that you teach about in terms of it's not just about doing the same thing the same way all the time with all your employees, right? You kind of like children, you got to manage each one differently sometimes, um, but it's all supported with, you know, standard processes and operations that create that consistent, uh, you know, repeatable result. Yeah. And efficiency and ease and heaven forbid, even joy once in a while when you're right, working right. with people. But, you know, it's funny because Kat, and we're going to get into uh, talking about your boss experience, which is the whole, you know, point of this fabulous podcast. But I, but I think that the fun thing that I want to um, really articulate is something you and I are always surprised by, but find so much fun in the way you and I work our strategies, even though we're in totally different fields, right? You've got this marketing and sales real bent that you really help people build that revenue going, you know, growth and goals and how they communicate that. And we have the hiring and the management, but boy, how do you do we 
have the same, you know, uh, communication styles, um, intention behind our strategy and the way that we work with our clients. And that alignment is just always, I I think every now and then we're like, that's how I do that. And, you know, it just helps us uh, get there faster because you and I speak the same talk. I remember listening to you during one of your presentations around the, the time machine. Right. And I was sitting there and I was like, if I close my eyes and I just change your voice to mine. I literally <laughs> feel like I'm listening to myself. <laughs> I know. I know. So it'll be fun to hear from listeners if they get that vibe from us too. Right. Um, right. It'll be it'll be very interesting. Uh, so yes, please make sure you comment. Let us know. Do you feel like we're the same brain and just using different voices, or are we two <laughs> different people? <laughs> Love it. So, Kat, I really, you know, this podcast is to make sure people understand that being a boss and working with bosses has always been something that we each experience on some level. And it's not always easy, but it certainly can end up being more fun. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just appreciate you sharing your own uh, stories behind all that. So let's just start with, I love to start with the positive. Tell me about the best boss you ever had. Best boss I ever had was actually in um, an environment that could be considered extremely toxic, but wasn't right. So, you know, when you work for a large organization, it really Mm -hmm. depends on where you land. It's kind of like, uh, in the world, you're going to have one experience in Asia, you're going to have different experience in the United States, right? Like that kind of thing. And I happen to be, I happen to land with someone who was really supportive, um, patient, Lord knows I need some people around me who are patient. (laughs) Um, and really, you know, I felt accepted and heard, mm-hmm. even though I didn't get everything that I wanted when I wanted it as an employee, because hashtag no patience, um, yeah. you know, give me all yeah. the promotions and all the raises right now. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm ready to be CEO. Well, you know, that role. right. But it's important to also feel like someone hears you and mm-hmm. is an advocate for you in the rooms that you don't have access to. And I really kind of appreciated that approach and it. I had had, you know, several years of essentially narcissistic bosses and yeah. it was nice to finally land on someone that I felt was that amazing boss, right? It's kind of like that one teacher um, yeah. and that's who I had had was that one amazing, you know, support system when I had had a lot of, you know, trials and tribulations before then. I tell, I tell, I get it. And I, and I understand that. I, I think that you know, unfortunately, not everybody gets that opportunity to have that one great boss. But if you ask someone that's had it, that you can immediately pull that moment out of, oh, yeah, I know who you're talking about. I know why it was different. And uh, hopefully it just serves as a reminder to people that being a boss isn't about being an ogre, right? You can do this in a human way. Um, Even if you're in a corporate structure where you, you know, you only can be influencing the people on your team directly, Right. And that's where you can really start to make a change, even if you're not in charge of all the decisions, yeah. like we are now as business, owners, <laughs> right? Well, and the other that's thing was, is he was new to being a boss. And so you also don't have to have a ton of experience to be influential, to be a great leader. It's not a certification you achieve. It's not after a certain number of years. He just was had an innate natural instinct and yeah. he really just was himself, honestly. And so there was no, you know, placating or what I call peacocking, you know, or anything like that. Yeah. 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 I totally get it. And I like that, you know, and kudos to him. There are people that are born with a, 
with an intelligence that allows them to listen more, right? Mm -hmm. You said being heard. And I think that bosses think that it's a telling position Mm -hmm. and the great ones listen, the really great boss. And how hard is that to create an opportunity to just listen to your people? It's not that difficult. And that's where you really get the brilliance of understanding how best to support them through success, right? So, so I love you. I love that you shared that. I really appreciate that. So as a business owner yourself, why did you make your first hire? What was the catalyst? I couldn't do it all. (laughs) Like there's just, and I didn't want to, and I had, you know, I had bootstrapped it and, and hustled and grinded, not, not a verb, but, um, you know, and, and did enough of the stuff that I knew what good quality produced work would look like because I had Mm -hmm. done it and I know that other people could do it better than me. Um, And so I also knew the value of what went into something. And so when I made that first strategic hire, I knew what it was worth to me. And so when people would, you know, kind of say, this is what I'll charge, you know, yeah, I was looking at skill sets and quality, but it wasn't necessarily the most expensive I went with. And it wasn't the least expensive either. It was the person that matched what my product expectations would be and feeling yeah. that alignment with that person. Um, and so it. getting that off my plate and knowing that it's handled, just that, you know, is just gives me so much peace of mind, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love it. So can I ask, uh, honestly, was your first hire a good hire? Yeah, it was. It, it, it was. was. Yeah. It, it, it um, yeah. If I look back on the, the, all of my hires have been good hires. I will say where I have failed was in tolerating more than I should have. Mm, delaying. Right. And so, yeah, exactly. So there were, you know, everybody had a time and space to work with them. And I yeah. allowed that to extend because I'm like you, very personable. And so I tend to, with my clients and with staff, I tend to become friends with them. And so mm-hmm. that line of, I don't want to be mean. And because as much as I look like I'm, could be really aggressive, I'm non-confrontational. I will stand up for myself. Right. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So there's triggers around that, you know, because yeah. I think I've, I had so much of that narcissistic boss. I got blamed for everything, everything, you know, kind of, trauma experience. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to put that on someone else too. Um, and so I think there was that hesitation. And that's one of the things that I learned to be a better boss was it's in service of that person to communicate those tolerances faster. Um, because if not, just kind of like, you know, when you're mad at someone and they don't know it, I'm the only one suffering. Yeah. So yes. Yeah. And then it, it's not fair to continue to harbor resentment um, against someone when they don't even have the chance to fix what it is that is broken. Um, oh my gosh, Kat, that's so brilliant because it's exactly, it, it is a hundred percent the concept that we're always trying to share with our clients. The idea that you're getting more and more upset and there's literally no emotional or even awareness most of the time right. from the employee or the team member that is making missteps. And so the big thing that we try to let everybody know, if you really want to give somebody a chance, you must immediately tell them what they're doing wrong and what success would look like. In other words, instead of showing up 10 minutes after our client appointments, success looks like showing up, 
being ready, having your notes open and being present five minutes before our clients are due to show up. That's success. That. Well, and right? there's a difference between expectations and what mm-hmm. success looks like. And I so appreciate mm-hmm. how you put that because ultimately that's what people want is to be successful. And so when you have those clear communications of this isn't your expectations, you want to meet expectations, like show up on time, blah, blah, blah. That's normal success, yeah. right? Where you get promoted, where you get a raise, that success that lives in the world of success, right? And so what right. does that look like and what those clear expectations are? Because it's one thing I, to, I think a lot of bosses don't actually define they define the role. They don't necessarily define what success looks like. Sing it, girl. Sing it, right? That's And that's the big thing is um, the reason I think the boss idea gets such a bad rap is because we know what success looks like and we're constantly measuring, which is the job. Judging is the job. Judging is not bad. We can talk about that a different day. <laughs> but really, we do tend to notice that things are not doing right. I need to correct them here and here and here. but of all the things we could do better Mm. is to show them, tell them, make sure they understand an example of what success looks like, right? It's not just don't be late. It's success looks like this and giving them that example to step into it and, and go, okay, now I know the the standard I'm trying to get myself to. It gives them a place to move. It's not just, you know, stop eating onions and coming in with onion breath. It's, Hey, do you know when you come into the office, (laughs) I am gets here first and that's a little off-putting for some of our clients, right? So so let's talk about what that could look like differently. Either have breakfast earlier, don't have onions, have mouthwash, right? Like let's talk about the different things that you could utilize so that you and the onion have your time together, but don't necessarily bring it into the client. And the key there is what I think a lot of managers and bosses don't do enough of, which is the conversation. This is not right. a directive of this is what, sure, you might have that, but the more yes. empowered the employee is, right? Or the the yeah. VA or the contractor, whoever it is, right? That's right? The more they're part of the conversation, the more they can own the success factors because it's just like any decision in life. It's one thing to be told what to do. It's another thing to decide what to do. And so oh, if, man, that's our like, whole process, right? Right. And so having that input of you defining success and then having that validated by your boss or saying yes, comma, and <laughs> right. Yeah, yes. Or what's better is, is no, actually, I don't need you to be at that level, right? Like you actually can bring it down here and then that energy can go into something else. Yeah. Yeah. It really is just about taking the time to get clear and be willing to have the conversation and People think that they have to, they create this like um, big cloud of an idea as a boss. I've got to go in and they're going to flip tables and, you know, scream bad names at me. And I'm not going to know how to handle that. But the truth of the matter is if we're setting and we're consistent in our conversation and we can come in without emotion, right? So we're talking to them the first time they make a mistake. So we can allow that it was a mistake, not malicious, mm-hmm. right? Because the longer a mistake happens again and again, we tend to be like, how can they not figure this out? They must hate me and this job and our clients and they must, and we create these big emotional stories that we carry with us. So by the time we go in, we're like busting at the seams, trying to be like, how dare you? When they're right. like, I never knew you cared. You never said anything. Why would I know that that's important to you? I, I didn't know. 
And, right. and I think that that's just a big step. And I love that you identify that as something that you were working on and have worked on to continue to improve. And to your point, critical to have these conversations with vendors, independent contractors, and employees, right? You're Anyone that's influencing your success needs to understand what your definition of success is, and then they have to choose whether they're going to do it or not. Everybody right. gets to choose whether they stay in the job or not. This is how the job needs to be done. It's okay if it's not you. It's okay. Right. Right. You have to tell me here and now, are you doing this job? Because it would look like this successfully. And what's it's interesting is I don't think a lot of people think about having these conversations with vendors and contractors and, you know, even maybe fractional VAs or whatever fractional support. 100%. Yep. Yep. And that would so, count as your ICs or vendors. Yeah. Right. And so a lot of people are, you know, they, they kind of check that first box of I've delegated and I got my time back. Yeah. But you got to give some of that time and put it back into managing the relationship. And I think that's where people don't, they, it's like a waste of time or it's an annoyance factor. And it's like, no, it's part of the deal. It's part of efficiently and effectively is having these conversations because yeah, it's not necessarily important to you, but your bottom line number is going to reflect how seriously you take managing the relationship. And the more serious you are about it, the better results you're going to get, the more, and I, I, I would bet you would go in all the time and you'd see, are you having these conversations? No, bet it's having a negative impact on the bottom line. Yeah. And, you know, the one that really breaks my heart is when they're not doing it with employees too. But yeah. I think to your point, people oh, just don't know. Work, right. I mean, in yeah, of right. Is, employees, yeah, yeah, because they think, you know, oh, that, you know, I'll only go to them when there's a problem. But if you wait till then, then it's too late. You want to be in right. front of them. Or worse, but, you know, they make the time and they don't take it seriously. Right. Yeah. 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 They think that this is a waste of time. And what am I supposed to talk about the cat's food that they have to cook because the cat's sick? Sometimes, yeah, that's what you're supposed to do. But yeah. more often than not, you're really asking them their how what how they feel like they're showing up and what they feel like they need and what they need. You know, there's a whole process behind it. Right. <laughs> but but to your point on vendors and independent contractors, I agree that I think most bosses don't know or consider it part of their management process to check in with these people that we are asking to represent and create success for us, right? So let's imagine we hire a marketing strategist. If I don't have regular meetings with my marketing strategist and just say, okay, figure it out, you know, write me some copy, create a campaign, tell me what to do. If they don't know where I'm trying to go, if they don't know what's working and what's not, if they don't know what I like or don't like, then there's a better chance for disconnect. Mm. And that money that we spend gets us feeling upset because we're not getting what we want. But again, it's because we're not taking the time to be consistent and tell them what success looks like for us so that they have a chance of fulfilling that in the engagement. Ideally, we had these conversations before we hired everybody, whether, you know, signing on with a new coach or, or signing a new social media company to, you know, be there for you in a consistent way. These are all part of that management boss role. So I appreciate you bringing that up. That is just so, so fantastic. So Ken, I'm going to ask, what do you wish you had known about being a boss before you became a boss? Hmm. Uh, You know, when you're working for someone else, there's always that accountability, right? Ultimately. And I think that's sometimes the hardest thing is being a boss to yourself. It's easy enough to be a boss to someone else, but really having to have the buck stop with you. There's so many instances where we can justify and we can, you know, excuse away behavior, doing things, not doing things, whatever it is. 
But ultimately what they don't ever tell you is the buck stops with you, right? And so if you don't put in the parameters to produce, and I don't mean that there's nothing to do with client delivery because I look at, you know, the marketing side of things and all that, you know, no one's going to get hired unless you decide to hire someone. No one's going to get, you're not going to get more clients unless you do the marketing and the sales. And if you don't do the things that are involved in those things as part of, you know, fulfilling that process, yeah, you know, you have no one else to point to except yourself. And so there's ultimately a lot of responsibility that you've got to figure out how to manage. Had you always worked in larger corporations before you went out on your own or had no, you worked? I'd worked like business? mostly small micro businesses. And so, oh, okay. so being under yeah. 50 employees, yeah. kinda, you know, and so really, you know, I had worked for very small companies where yeah. I had helped grow them and, you know, things like yeah. that. But I'd only ever worked for one very large company. I mean, it was 25,000 employees at that point. So large accounts. Yeah, that's yeah. Large. Well, no, I was, I was just curious because I do agree with that awareness that as the boss, there's so much that if we, if we don't put the intention, not just the golly, I really, really like this, but the intention of the time and the effort and put it on our calendar and then follow through with it for ourselves. There's nobody back there going, ah, uh, 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 you're not doing right. this. So, so I appreciate you sharing that. That's a really and I think a lot of people, you know, it's the hardest part is like, okay, am I really driven to do this? And if so, what am I willing to stop doing or start doing to affect that change? And, yeah. and knowing that all change starts with us, which is true of employees too, let's be clear. Mm. But as a business owner, if you really want something to change in your business, it has, it, you can't outsource that one, right? You can outsource right. somebody, source somebody to walk you through the possibilities. But at the end of the day, you're the only one that can make the decision and allocate the resources of your time, your energy, your money to affect that change. And that's a heavy burden sometimes. So I appreciate you sharing that very much. Yeah, Fantastic. So tell me a little bit um, when it's all hard and your team is not rocking the tools that you've done and you're, you know, you're having your meetings. How do you self-talk yourself through, okay, I'm the boss. I can do this. I can I can get them back on track. Um, I think it's really about looking back at past experiences where that's exactly what I had to do, right? And so kind of finding the evidence that demonstrates that it's possible, but also kind of coming back to this is temporary, right? And trusting myself. I was actually just having a conversation about this this morning, and I have this innate knowing that everything will always be fine. Love it. Right. That's a great place to be. So it doesn't matter what's going on. I'm always going to be okay. I'm true to my namesake. I've always landed on my feet, right? So (laughs) it's never, it's never been an issue and I've always had the ability to figure it out. And so I think just trusting myself in those moments and just kind of taking a pause and being like, whoa, a lot of chaos, a lot of things I don't want happening. Have the meltdown, right? Have the five minutes, have the 10 minutes. Hell, if it's two hours, it's two hours, right? Go take a nap. (laughs) Right. Like I disassociate. And so, and then I can come back to center and go, all right, what's the first thing? And I always know what the first thing is. And I just have to look and find that next step. But I do have an innate knowing I will always be okay. And so I I just come back to that. And it's just a matter of closing the gap. Now, that gap can seem really wide or it can seem very narrow, just depending on the situation. But I always just need to figure out how to close the gap. And so that I know how to do. 
I love that. I think that that's so brilliant and, and just trusting in yourself, which is what all successful business owners and entrepreneurs need to be able to do is trust that you have it within you to affect change. Again, we're back to the change concept in whatever situation. And it's not always about beating yourself up, I think, is, is what I notice. People are like, oh, I did this thing wrong. I will say I fall into that too. Oh, I did this thing wrong. I could have done it better. Yeah, you could have, but that's not, that's, that's not worthy of your energy right now. I mean, yeah. maybe to learn from it, but right. right now, what's the action you can take forward knowing that this happened for a reason? You needed to learn that lesson or you needed the break and now you're ready to get back to it, whatever the issue is and how to step forward. I love that idea of identifying the first step. It's a great place to start from. So good, good stuff, Kat, really good stuff. So uh, currently in your team, you've, you've got your own team. What was the last position you hired for? Um, I, it's a position I've always, uh, kind of have gone through a few different iterations of, but copywriter. So I have a certain, oh, I love that. yeah, tone, a certain way of being and things like that. And, you know, it, it's not that I haven't found people that, well, no, I actually, I did have a bad hire once now that I think about it. <laughs> Um, you're human. It's okay. Right. It's right. right. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it just didn't work out that one yeah. you know, a lot quicker. So, you know, there's the learning and things like that, but yeah, it's, you know, it, it's not just capturing my tone, it's conversion copy. And so it's yeah. having to do with, you know, being consistent, emailing my list, you know, getting people clicking and, and all that other stuff. And it's just something that I've never, I've never enjoyed. I, I can do it. Yeah. I'm decent at it. Um, I know that there are people who can do it better, but it's also an industry where there's a lot of people who have a lot of confidence that it's completely unwarranted. Um, and so <laughs> I have noticed that my friend, I have in all of my betting and marketing. You can be yeah. a copywriter and then there's a conversion copywriter and a conversion copywriter yeah. needs to make sure that they're looking at the numbers, the metrics. Mm -hmm. Is it converting? Mm -hmm. Writing an email isn't the same as getting people clicking on an email. To react um, to it, yeah. Right. And so there is that slight nuance, which has a drastic effect on your bottom line. And so yeah. that was something that is worth investing in. Uh, absolutely. When it's the right person. And yeah. so that was my latest thing was finding that right person to support me in that capacity. Um, because it's not something that I do consistently well on my own is emailing my list. And so this helps me do that, still capture my voice, still be able to be creative, but creative in the sandbox that I want to play in versus, yeah. you know, kind of going anywhere and everywhere. So i that was one of the smartest moves I think I've made is finding that right. And, person. So, and so that was a, a dramatic difference in your time and, and the time. Oh God. Yeah. And just that, the joy the, of knowing, okay, that's handled, it's managed. Like I don't, I, it just, it was not an energy giver to me. Yep. It was a huge energy drain. And again, it was something I was good at, but I really didn't like doing it. Um, really <laughs> did totally it. Understand. Yeah. Totally no, I, uh, so I, I recently have also had to do those kinds of hires, right? Pieces that I'm good at, but I'm like, mm, it's not my thing, not the thing I want to do. And so we, we hired two, one was in a marketing sphere, not unlike yours. And then one was in a, a mindset coach because mm. I, I tend to be more consultants. Let me tell you the answer, but yes. the truth of the matter is some of our clients, when they're working through the stress involved in showing up in a consistent way, being more competent, asking teams to do this. And just the the baggage that we all carry from bad bosses that you've had toxic environments and 
fear of making the mistake and being responsible for other people. I'm not the person to be there and work them through that coaching aspect of looking deep within themselves and finding that thing to heal and find a way. And so Mm. we recently added a mindset coach to the team and it's been, and I was like, (gasps) I remember I was, I was like, I don't want to do this. My clients say it, but I don't want to do it. I remember talking I, I, and it feels very much like you're saying, I don't want to do this consistent. I don't want to do this every week, but they need it. This is what they need to see yep. from us. Right. And this is what my clients need in these high stress situations. Right. And, uh, and I, I, I mean, I, I don't really usually get very visibly upset, but I was, cause I was really like, how do I deliver this for my clients? But I know I I don't yeah. have that capacity. What do I do? And oh, I, yeah. I, could I do it? Yes, but I, I don't want to do it. I don't want to be the person that really helps them heal because that's not my strength. I could, right. I could do it, but it's not really my place. And so somebody was like, well, you know, you could hire for that, <laughs> which the joy of somebody getting to say that to me. They were like, crazy idea and it was just so funny because i felt like that that connection to you know those because that's for their private clients that we work with and that connection to them in that vulnerable moment i couldn't imagine that that i i didn't have to be the person in that space but Mm -hmm. if i could say to somebody you obviously want to go here and heal this i have somebody that can help you with that they're like okay talmar send me on they don't they don't need it to be talmar and that was a real um it was something that I was worried that I wasn't going to be delivering exactly the right solution, but literally, you know, it takes somebody sometimes to shine that mirror at you and say, Hey, here's an idea. <laughs> it right? was brilliant. So I love that you, the marketing strategist hired your copywriter for your company so that you can do this conversion copy and know that it's being done well and sometimes better, right. Without yeah. you even having to stress about it now, it's a huge yeah. difference when you hand out that piece that is so critical to your client's success. Um, and that's different than your assistant hire or your customer service or even your sales hire. That person who really can deliver some of the secret sauce for you and even better, oh, the joy, right? Right, absolutely, yes. Yeah, you're like, but wait till you meet the smarter person. I've got that person right here in my pocket, right? Right, well, I mean, <laughs> and one of the other things I did was I saw someone and I brought them closer in. So, you know, having them take on more responsibility to free me up to do certain things. And like you said, it was someone who can, who has the capacity to be able to deliver things for my clients that don't necessarily bring me all of the joy, right? But who I know properly reflects me, my philosophies, my approach, my strategies, things like that. Um, and that sometimes aligns. She, right, yeah. she knows them better than I do. And I'm like, I actually wrote that and I forgot it was there. So <laughs> um, it's, it's nice to find those people. And we still have to remember that we're not, everybody's replaceable. Everybody is, you know, no one is the single torch in the business kind of thing. And so mm-hmm. we want to do things that that help us remember that, which is our all around documentation, making sure that we have processes and systems set up because, you know, things happen and, and things don't happen in, from a bad place, right? There's the positive right. things that happen. That person yeah. could go into an organization, right? Like yeah, they yeah. can get promoted. And so they don't do that thing anymore. And so you need to find someone yeah. else who does and all this other stuff. So yeah, it's, it's important to also, have those safety nets in place because 
you just have to be prepared as a boss until intelligently for all the different scenarios that happen. And the truth of the matter is if you're so lucky to be a boss in a successful business and your company is growing, you will always need to hire. Now more than ever, society does not encourage, support, or require longevity in jobs. And so that 18, I, I tell people, right, 18 to 36 months, if you can get 18 to 36 months of great tenure from the right hire, not a person you're teaching, but a person who brings the right skill sets and aligns fully like you're talking about, if you can get 18 months of this amazing person, you'll be like, thank you very much. But it does mean you need to understand your business is always going to be hiring, whether vendors, independent contractors or employees. So that's why it's so critical for people to get comfortable in the boss role and really learn how to identify what your success is. It should never be, it's not even do what Talmor or Boss Action says. Use our process to define your best possible people. And then we can use that to get the right people on the team. That's exactly. And that's my talk for today. Thank you very much, Kat, for being here for a commercial. No, I'm kidding. So (laughs) let's go back to you a little bit. So uh, you just hired and uh, you've got plenty of experience. What's your favorite interview question? Hmm. How would you do this better? Oh, that's interesting. Do you give them an example? Or yeah, so it might it? be like roles and responsibilities. So it's within the, that energetic conframe, conframe mm-hmm. construct. Yeah. <laughs> uh, framework, conframe. Uh, so within that construct of, you know, if it's a copywriter, like here's something, how would you make this better? Mm-hmm. If it's someone who's a VA, uh, I would pick a process thing and be like, how would you improve this? Or, yeah. you know, if it's someone who, you know, does, I, I wouldn't necessarily do this with accounting, but cause I still do all my oh, finishes. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. There's a, but, you know, what's a process or system right. that's related and be like, you know, let them find the hole or maybe I'll put a hole in there and see if they can plug it. Right. Kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and so I just want to see their critical thinking and what initiative uh-huh. and, that they would take because that's to me is the most important thing is someone like I I will deal with mistakes. I will deal with tech flubs. I will deal with a whole bunch of stuff that happens because everyone's human and God knows I've done them. Um, but critical thinking, taking initiative, that willingness, that desire to grow. I can't teach that. I can't make it happen. You either come to the table with that or not. And I just need to see that it's there. Um, so initiative is, is worth their weight in gold to me. And I love, and I love that possibility because what you get to do is you get to hear what their, what their questions are, right? Do they have any questions or do they just assume they know where you're going and point out the things? Do they point out one obvious thing and then say, but if you're trying to go for conversion, you don't have a conversion sentence in here or a call to action. If we're trying to go. So I love that idea of how would you uh, improve this or do this better? Plus, I think it also really starts that boss relationship. That's, I got to tell you that for me, the sexy part of that question is I'm willing to tell you that you could be better than me. So let's, let's create that relationship Mm. where I'm going to start a situation where you get to tell me what you think would be best in this situation. So you're already framing that you're the kind of boss that wants them to give you questions and be willing to point out things that could be different than, than I'm expecting to happen. Yeah. And so, so it's a twofold great question. One, it does, it's again, it really leads down the critical thinking and the skills and experience. Do they really know what they're talking about or just right. talking it for air? And it's that to your guys' relationship as the, if you're the interviewer, right? You know, not right. everybody does their own interviewing, but 
if you're the interviewer, it's setting up that relationship of, of look, I'm looking, it's okay to say, hey, Talmar, you forgot to, you know, cross the T or whatever the issue is, because right. I've been known to move too fast. I need somebody that's looking out for me. So I'm great, great, question. <laughs> yep. great question. Really good one. Really good. one. And so now thinking about the team you have right now, uh, what do you love about being the boss? Um, that I get to shape the culture. That oh, tell I me more. Yeah. So, you know, I'm all kinds of too much and I love it. <laughs> Do. Right. So, you know, I came, I grew up in, you know, standard corporate, you know, environments where the message was constantly improve your weakness, improve your weaknesses, improve your weaknesses. Right. Um, and, you know, you have to do this, you have to do that, you have to do that. And kind of saying, I don't have to do nothing. <laughs> um, really just kind of hiring the people who are in their zone of genius too much. And having that empowered experience, and it doesn't matter, you know, how you identify, it's just finding those best people who just want to be good humans. And it's not this, it's not just transactional, right? It's not just, I'm going to write an email. Here it is. Give me my, give me my, my fees kind of thing. It's people who are really invested in creating a positive experience through the work that they do. And that aligns to my belief system and my values. And so finding those people help create that ripple effect of change. And that to me is culture. I love it. I love that very much. And and to your point, it's a catalyst for a lot of people to go into business owners, right? They, I want to work with people that love the things that I love, the way I love to work so we can do it joyfully together. And I, I remind people when you're hiring, they have to align to the culture you built, but to you as a boss, like, yes. How do you like to work too much of you in what you, your zone of genius, well-spoken. And I understand what that means. I understand that person. I've known that person in many lines of work. So I, I think that that's really, uh, that clarity is going to continue to serve you as you build and grow your fabulous business, my friend. So back to you now. How do listeners find you if they want a little more cat in their life? <laughs> well, one of the things I love doing is driving value and providing opportunities for people to connect with each other. So I actually have a monthly mixer that I, it's a podcast and networking mixer that you can get access to at leadbossmixer.com. And if you are someone who's using visibility, so podcasting, speaking, all those kind of good strategies as a way to grow and scale your business, you actually get also instant access to a secret training once you register, which is focused on how to monetize your podcasting efforts, either as a host and or guest. So it really kind of makes you look at your own system and process for monetizing those efforts that you're putting in, because if you're not monetizing them, then you're just wasting your time. Oh, sing it. None of us have time to waste time. So Kat, that is a brilliant offer. I really appreciate that. Everyone, the link is also in the show notes. So if you didn't get that written down, don't worry about it. Just go to our show notes. So we all kinds of information, including that fabulous get for you. So run, don't walk, download that today. Kat, thank you for sharing and your intention and your transparency and just being here, my friend, I, I really enjoyed our conversation and I want to thank you for sharing all your details. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Of course. And hopefully we will see you again, listener. Well, I guess maybe we'll, we'll see that you are here. Hopefully you'll join us again is what I mean to say. And if not, 
boss on. Thanks for tuning in to another episode. If this episode helped you, be sure to share it with a friend or another business owner that you think would benefit from listening to this podcast. Share this episode and any questions on social media with the hashtag RockYourBossitudePodcast and let us know what you want us to be talking about. Until next time, remember, you've got what it takes to be an amazing boss. Boss on!